0: Darkness between the stars comes your voice from the void, a place for conversations on the occult and the esoteric. Thank you for tuning in to this strange signal. You found the strange signal from a lonely star, an even lonelier star these days with everything that's going on, as you can imagine. That's why I'm very happy to have our good friend Kathy Pod back on the podcast to speak with us. And... I didn't really have a topic, per se. Thankfully, Kathy is more of a professional than I am. (laughs) But I just wanted to reach out to some people and talk. I know that a lot of you are struggling with... Some of you are just struggling with being indoors. And some of you have much greater concerns than that due to lost jobs and financial situations or illness with yourself or amongst your family and friends and these kind of things that we do here i don't really consider this entertainment but it can be an escape so i just wanted to provide an opportunity something for you to listen to to distract yourself for a short amount of time so with that heaviness out of the way how are you doing Kay?
1: um i'm doing as well as everybody else probably
0: yeah
1: (laughs) thank you Yeah, I think you kind of hit it on the head when you started this because it's kind of chaotic and maybe that's how this podcast should go.
0: (laughs) You know, I have a lot of tattoos and the first tattoo that I ever got is of a skull with a chaos star around it on my sternum. Nice. So I embrace the chaos. And maybe that's why, and I never really had thought about it, but maybe that's why I always ask the question about chaos magic, because I do, I guess, consider myself a chaos magician if for no other reason than I've never had formal training in any of the various traditions and just kind of pinch and pull from everywhere.
1: Yeah, I think so. That's uh, legit. It's funny because I know we've talked about what I've practiced before, but even though I thrive on tradition, Mm -hmm. I also really love chaos (laughs) in a, in a a way that allows me to fall that way, if that's Mm -hmm. how it goes. And I think that's how our current climate is kind of going is either we have the choice to fight against it or just flow with it.
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And, um, I don't know for sure when this will go live. It it will probably, because I actually do have an episode scheduled to drop on. uh, We're recording on the 9th of April to uh, peek behind the curtain. Um, I have an episode scheduled to drop on Sunday, and I I usually like to give at least a week. Normally it's been a month because I just don't do these that often. But I like to give at least a week for an episode to stand on its own. So it could be a week. It might be two weeks, just whenever – I decided to make it live and the situation is so evolving that, you know, I I don't really talk about myself too much on this podcast, but I am a historian by training and I think it's important to catalog this, to document what is going on because the situation is so fluid, so chaotic that in two weeks time per se, if that's when this came out, the situation could be completely different.
1: Totally. Totally absolutely because two weeks ago I feel like was completely different even sitting here now you know every single day it's new and I think that's I think that's the hard part for some people that we're struggling with obviously the unknown but also tomorrow could look completely different and we don't even know which way that's gonna go you know right yeah Yeah. especially
0: considering the information that we're getting is not (laughs) yeah terribly consistent and part of that is because of the fact that uh, again it's a, a fluid situation right. so the information will change but also because and I will not speak for Kathy here I will not want to speak for myself um, I feel that several people in our government and leadership positions are flat out lying to us about what is going on and you know, whether it's out of ignorance or malfeasance, well, I have my opinions, but I'll leave it at that.
1: I, I agree. I don't think we're gonna be too off in our opinions, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, it's a really weird climate mm-hmm. politically and just in general. Um, and I, I don't know. As much as some people don't like government. There is or has been in the past a structure, at least a little yeah. bit. And yeah. um, I don't feel like we have any of it anymore. So.
0: Right. That, well, I mean, that, uh, yeah. I consider myself to be an anarchist. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, of big government. However, with that said, if we are going to have it, and we have had one for my entire life, and it just gets bigger, it's not going to get smaller. That it should do certain things, and right now our government isn't doing those things.
1: No, nothing.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we live in Milwaukee, and this week was our the week for the elections here in Wisconsin. Yeah. And there was a surreal scene where, I don't remember exactly what he is, but he's one of the big Republican state congressmen. Boss is his name. Yes. And there had been... A much too late, I will add, order by our Democratic governor to postpone the um, physical election, so that go out and elect because of the epidemic, and Mm -hmm. to expand mail-in voting, the time frame for it, Mm -hmm. which he only did that on like the Friday before the Tuesday.
1: I know, yeah.
0: Um, Although it was immediately challenged in both the Wisconsin Supreme Court and the National Supreme Court said, no, we, you got to have the election and we can't expand mm-hmm. voting. And so, anyway, Voss is out there in full medical equipment <laughs> defending the decision. Yeah. I mean, like gloves, apron.
1: More coat. than some nurses I've seen.
0: Well, especially in really hard hit areas. And, yes. Um, you know, when you see video from, and this is where some people go, well, they were caught using footage from Italy for New York. They did do that, and that was shady as shit. Yeah. But I've actually seen real footage from New York, and people are wearing trash bags. Right, literally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyway, that's not what we're, we're here for, but it just <laughs> pisses me off.
1: Well, me too, and it, and it sets this weird scene where all of a sudden Wisconsin was a international news story, and that was kind of surreal to me i don't know about you yeah. um yeah
0: so. yeah it was somewhat surreal um at least it was there something other than a serial killer this time yeah that's true it's related
1: um, look on the bright side
0: yeah kind of i mean <laughs> kind
1: of I, mean, uh, I was about to say i feel like there is kind of this level of um i don't know i've heard the terms being thrown around that it's you know manslaughter or whatever and i i can't say i disagree with when you're Mm -hmm. forcing people to either choose their freedom or their death you know what i'm saying Uh, so yeah i yeah absolutely
0: right you know uh, yeah Uh, that's the other thing is i don't think well let me preface this again because i like to preface things yeah there, there are two things at odds here. One is there's this sense, and I don't know that I 100% agree with it, but I like 95% agree with it that once the Republican Party members in Wisconsin found out that here locally the, the COVID 19 epidemic is only going through communities of color, that they're like, fuck it, let's have the election. Yep. Um, this is a natural voter suppression. And. You know, I, it's the Republicans this time. If it was targeting a different population, maybe it would be the Democrats next time. I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to react to to this.
1: What's happening now.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, so that is, I think, negligent. Yeah, and the other side of it is you see a lot of, conservative commentators out there going, well, this many people died from this thing or this many people died from that thing. And
1: yeah.
0: I don't care much for comparative atrocity. No, um, it
1: doesn't help anything.
0: No, and, you know, the numbers are ever-changing. But the last figures that I saw, which I think were two days ago, and they're probably completely wrong Tell now you. was between 10 and 11,000 US deaths. Yes. Um which is over three times more than died in the 9/11 attacks and mm-hmm. like five times more than died in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And yet those are national and granted, those were attacks, not an epidemic, but right. the loss of life. This is a national emergency.
1: Absolutely.
0: And it's not being treated as such.
1: No, I I agree. I'm looking at the current death toll for U. S. alone right now. We're almost to 15,000 today. Yeah. So and it you know it's that's just that it. It's not stopping. Um, I I am not a numbers person at all, mm-hmm. but I ended up getting in this thing <laughs> yeah. online, which we know we shouldn't do. But, um, you know. would you so have we this much spent, free
0: time at some point. Why not?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so someone was doing the whole, oh, there's more flu deaths a year. And I'm like, but we haven't, this isn't a year. This is the last three weeks we're talking about, right. you know. Um, and we're, I think the, the global deaths, It said um, – for the seasonal flu was between three to five million. Yes, that's a lot. Um, I'm sorry, that's not that is not correct. Um, okay, <laughs> gonna back up here. Okay. Um, you know, here I'm just gonna pull up my thing. Here we go. Okay, and this is from the WHO website. Um, so, three to five million cases of the flu. Sorry, not deaths. That's worldwide in a year. Mm -hmm. we are up to 1.5 million for c19 worldwide in the last three weeks so for anyone to be comparing the two is a moot point at this point you know
0: right well we also have it's it's a false comparison anyway other than that they are both viral things and (laughs) you know we, I don't want to downplay the flu because it does kill people, but we also have vaccines aplenty and yes. years of experience treating this, um, and we don't with this. And no, that's the, the scary thing, is that even if we do flatten the curve, unless we do get some kind of vaccine, this is going to become, I don't know that it will be as severe as the first time, but there, there will be other outbreaks. Yes.
1: <clears throat> so. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Um, this is, this is difficult. And I, and I know people because everyone's in a different place emotionally and mentally. Um, and we're kind of collectively living the trauma while we're watching Mm -hmm. it, you know, uh, people are grieving in different ways, but it, it, I have to admit, it's been hard to have conversations with some people, and I have to remember to just kind of take a step back and be patient, because I I don't think our brains are really working (laughs) like they usually could be.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I I do think that, and there is the old line, and I don't remember who said it, but perception is reality, and what you feed your mind is kind of how you're going to perceive this. So, Mm -hmm. I do think that, and that's the age old struggle of trying to stay in but also trying to stay sane. Yes. Because I do think that there are people who are getting into the trauma porn aspect of it and are, you know, up to their eyeballs and that. And I don't think that's healthy. But then there's the other side that's the denialism that because right. nobody that they know of on their city block has got it or has died, that this mm-hmm. isn't a big deal. Right. And why are we being forced to stay home?
1: Right. It goes to the whole, well, it didn't, it's not happening to me, so it doesn't, it's not happening, which is yeah. ridiculous, you know, but unfortunately people do think like that. And like you said, on the other side is, um, immersed in so much trauma that there's no, um, some people are tr- like trying to stay there and mm-hmm. not even wanting to try to help themselves out of it or reach out, you know, Yeah. Um, and I don't say that lightly. I, I have my own stuff, you know? Um, but I think there, like you said, there's an unhealthy point where you've got to say, Hey, somebody (laughs) throw me a life preserver, you know? Um,
0: Well, and, and I think that that's also the other aspect that we haven't talked about really yet. Um, and that is the fact that this is occurring at the same time that we're kind of having an economic meltdown. Yes. yes. And as much as I don't agree with the whole we've got to reopen the country to get people back to work. Yeah. We got to do something, okay. uh, you know, because the, this is we have unemployment that is And I I forget the exact numbers. I think they're up to 17 million cases of unemployment or something like that.
1: At least because that's not even counting the people that haven't, you know. Yeah. Tried at least or tried for unemployment or like in my position, I'm self-employed and they're just Mm -hmm. now. Well, they haven't even still updated the Wisconsin website to reflect that you're allowed to tap into that, you know. But yes, exactly. There's a huge issue. Um and, and that's just it is how are people feeding themselves and their families?
0: Right. You know, full, you yeah. know and I thankfully haven't had that issue. Um, I'm lucky enough that in a position that my job continues, I can work from home. Yeah. Now That changes in May. Not that I can't work from home, but Mm -hmm. that line of employment always dries up for the summer, and I always have to do something else. And one of the things that I normally do isn't available. So, you know, um, if if this extends into summer, yeah, May June, like I'm expecting it to, and I I fully do expect it to. um, This, I think that this is most likely going to be a lost summer, possibly even a lost fall. Hopefully, I'm wrong.
1: Right. No, I, I think that's realistic, though, to look at it that way.
0: Well, when I look at the models, mm-hmm. and I am not a healthcare professional. I, <laughs> I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so I'm not going to pretend to be one. But when I do look at the models, and not to sound like the dipshit who's arguing with Fauci, because he's <laughs> a social scientist, but I'm a social scientist, too. Yeah. And I can look at the models and see that the rapidity of number of cases that the U.S. has and the, the death rate, I, I don't see it flattening anytime soon. No. You know, New York seems like it's starting to flatten, but they poured an enormous amount of resources that some states just don't have. Right. Let's be honest about it. If that happened in Wisconsin, and it could, it could be heading that way. Yeah. Um, hopefully not. We don't have the r- resources as a state that –
1: you like that no and that's just it is i think it's hard because each state is doing its own thing so there's no um consistency in how Mm -hmm. we're trying to battle it and so you see all these numbers up and down everywhere and that's really hard to try to flatten the curve when we're all over the place you know yeah 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 absolutely um
0: but, I mean, even in the apartment complex I live in, they sent out an a email at the end of March saying, some of you are moving out because there's a lot of students who live in the housing. Oh, yes. And it's like, you still have, you know, uh, a lease and we're still expecting you to pay, but let us know if you're leaving. And then, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they sent out a second one. It's like, April 1st is tomorrow. Oh. We expect you to pay your rent.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and, you know, um, I... I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for the class as a whole, but I do know people who do own homes and are at retirement age or whatever Mm -hmm. um, and rely on that income. Now, you know, you can say that that is, and I think there's a degree of truth to it, that Mm that is a somewhat predatory, but it's built into our system and our system is somewhat predatory. So I'm not going to. I'm much more interested in railing against the system than I am those individuals. Right. Um, what so, built it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's the you know uh, systemic versus the
1: mm-hmm.
0: the individual. I mean, I will call out individuals, but yes. it really is the system that has made it this way.
1: Right. Well, so. and yeah, that's just it. Is yeah, uh, I'm. Kind of on that fence about <laughs> rental properties. If if your entire income is based mm-hmm. off of making money off of people living in your homes, right. I, I I have a hard time with that. Um, I I know I can't speak to it. I'm not a landlord. Um, I don't know what they are going through. Um, but I I don't know. It feels like you said, it. I think the system feels predatory and um, I, yeah, I've seen a lot of letters from landlords go out like that that yeah. says, too bad, so sad, we still expect this. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: at the end of the day, for me, I feel like, but we're all people, you know. Totally. And, and here's the thing, like our credit union, now, not everybody's doing this, and no and not every landlord has the capacity to do that to do this. I, I get that, but even our credit union who holds our mortgage said, "Hey, if you need to def- defer, we understand. Yeah. you know, and we, we, were, we were we're actually with a small credit union. This is not a like u s bank or anything like that. Mm-hmm. so um it's it's frustrating to see some landlords. I guess not be compassionate, you know, or at least say, hey, I understand if you're going to be late or I, if you want to spread out payments, but I'm not even seeing that a lot. Yeah. And that's really disturbing to me. you know.
0: I should give my landlord's credit because there was a part in there about that, that if you need, if you can prove that you have been affected or uh-huh. again, the burden of proof, right. But, <laughs> okay. At least there is that option. If you that's- can prove that you like, you know, lost your job or whatever we will work with you on it but right. um and i and and you know there's another side to this too again to be completely fair and i can't remember where i heard the story um but landlords often have mortgages too that they're yes. having to pay off um I come to find out that with all these cancellations and stuff so far going into the summer, Airbnb. A lot of people had bought Airbnb property on mortgages and then were leasing them out as Airbnb and nobody knew. So people had like four, well, I mean, this doesn't sound like a whole lot, but they had several, they had mortgages on several different properties into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And now all that revenue has dried up and they can't make those payments.
1: Right. Yeah, I know. There's there's so many different instances, and and I realize that it is. Um, it just depends, you know. <laughs> but again, it, it depends on the tenant too, you know. I it mean, does. it's yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's kind of a mess. Um, I have family members that are that had just started getting into, um, the real estate business, and I I feel like they've done a good job of trying to make sure all their ducks were in a row first before, you know like i they already have an income <clears throat> and if something right. happened it would be okay at least for a little bit you know i just feel like you know if you're smart then you would do it that way you know yeah uh, but well anyways it goes back to the whole, the whole systemic thing
0: so it does it does i mean uh, um I that made me think of I wonder what's going to happen to the house flipping market and like oh all those TV God. shows that yeah. are predicated on the renovating of houses.
1: Yeah. And
0: Absolutely. especially in places that hadn't really recovered from whatever. Um, I know that there are sections of Milwaukee where there are still plenty of houses for sale for fairly cheap. Yeah. Because of the collapse in 2008, now a lot of them are in disrepair for various reasons. Right. Um, like I know a couple of them had like the copper lines stolen out and, and that kind of thing, or windows broken. Yeah. Um, and but then there are also places that have experienced climate disasters.
1: Right.
0: So, and they haven't fully recovered. It's and so true. And it, this is 12 it, years later. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah.
1: yeah, that's, well, I, well, here, I'm just going to dive into astrology if you don't mind. Cause I, oh, I please feel like, do. This, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it I'm does.
0: We've, we've got a long time without belief, talking like, about what this is. Yeah.
1: Um, because all of what's happening now is definitely a mirror in the skies. Um, I, I was just looking a couple months ago, actually back. Probably beginning of January, I had posted in one of my groups about how the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, that particular one in Capricorn, hadn't happened since the, the plagues of the 1500s. And this is really before, I want to say, I'm kind of ashamed of it, but before the U.S. was even taking C-19 seriously when I had posted that, that, you know, we knew about China, but I'm not sure even I understood that we were about to get it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I looked at that last night and I thought, there it is, you know, um, everything that astrologers have been talking about with this big conjunction is literally playing out now. Um, And so now we're kind of in this season of, jupiter and pluto together and just a little background you know pluto is our destroyer and Mm -hmm. power center um but you know as a destroyer it also begins new life so we're looking at that and jupiter is our magnifier so it makes things even bigger jupiter just went into capricorn and it's not at home there um So it's not very powerful. It can't do the good things that it usually can. Um, And so when you have those two bumping up against each other in a hard aspect like that, things can feel even bigger and scarier than what they may seem. And I'm not downplaying numbers or what's happening. It is scary. But it can be chaotic. Um, At the same time, we're coming to a turning point. And I think we're being forced to look at all these systems or... (laughs) <laughs> non-systems that are in place that don't help people um, and it can also shine light on the medicine world so my whole point is with Pluto and Jupiter dancing together even though it's huge and scary and chaotic um, it's literally the force we need to make these changes so so that's really what's happening with those two big planets anyways um, and on a global scale so, and I think we're seeing that.
0: That makes sense. And I do think that historically speaking, that when we have these mass events, um, plagues, what have you, yeah. that normally that is a shock to the system and something has to change.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I think that there are – uh, the thing that gets me, and I am not an astrologer, so please um, call me on my bullshit. <laughs> no worries. You say a turning point, and turning points can have very different meanings because, whereas I don't think that this is an extinction event mm-hmm. per se, I also can see this being just the one of many such events as climate disasters we're heading into hurricane season and they've said it's going to be super active and that's just a prediction and, and who knows yeah. whether it will be and it can be a super active hurricane season and not be that damaging if nothing actually touches makes Kids. landfall right um, so I, I think that this this particular COVID-19 as mm. bad as it is and I do still think that it's probably going to get worse I've seen models where they're revising down. Hopefully, those models are right. But, you know, I had a friend last night and he was doing some uh, fancy math, (laughs) air quotes around that, you know, and was like, oh, well, everybody looks at Italy and how many people. Well, we have so much more times the population, so of course we have more people who have it. And for us to have a similar death toll, we would have to have. Over eighty-five thousand people die. Well, we're, I think, we're heading that way, buddy. Yeah, I agree. Um, and again, numbers aren't going to do it this justice mm-hmm. because they don't encapsulate the amount, uh, the personalization of the yeah. tragedy, um, the, Right, exactly. There's the old Stalin quote that one person's death is a tragedy, a million death is, is a statistic.
1: Oh, that's so true.
0: I don't think that the cold hard numbers of the crisis are going to match the psychological impact of it mm-hmm. for the entire country. Yes. Um, in certain places, like in New York, I, I definitely think so, just because of the, the the hell that they've gone through. Yeah. But you know, in other places that through grace and chance do not get hit that hard it's going to be like, oh, well, we're a nation of 330 million people, and we only had X number of people die. That's really not that bad if you think Ugh. about it. Um, it's a way of processing, you know. Right. Uh, but again, when you think of the numbers in, in terms of the the national tragedies that we associate, but we're already beyond that, and that's neither here nor there. But my, my bigger point, as I get to it clumsily and long-windedly, <laughs> is that I see this as a chain in, you know, um, the chains of Babylon kind of thing to kind of invoke a little bit of mystic imagery and that this is just a link and that there's going to be other things that happen. Yes. And this turning point, do you see it? I'll turn it into a question. Mm -hmm. Do you see it as a turning point towards the positive long-term Or just a positive rebounding from this crisis, or a move away from this type of um, moment.
1: Right. So it's funny because I kind of see both, Uh, both as in long term um, positive. So, because here's the thing if we're looking at astrology, the rest of this year is kind of shot to be very blunt. (laughs) I mean, things are going to go up and down and it's going to feel okay for a little bit, but then it's going to come back into it. And really, it's not until December that things start to even out. But again, it goes back to the point of we're hitting these turning points like a bump at a time and each one builds to this big, huge thing. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, But
0: no, it totally does.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we've got these points on a map that are happening, and collectively it just gets bigger and bigger. But when you look at even a broader perspective, even beyond our own lives, like, you know, my son's generation, I do think that they will be going into a different type of life that we've never experienced before. And I think it's actually going to be good because it's forcing humans to face themselves and face the damages we've done to not only the earth, but ourselves and humanity as a collective, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's hard because the near future doesn't feel very good to me, but in the long run, it does feel good. You know, uh, well,
0: you know, and I I think that that makes sense. And there is a uh, it can be both, as you pointed Mm -hmm. out. And I think that for people of our age, it probably isn't going to be very good because, you know, even if we're being optimistic, Mm -hmm. 50 years for, um, I won't put you into this, but (laughs) 50 years for me would put me in my 90s. Yes, me too. (laughs) And that's a a hell of a lifespan. And and I I think that you're right for children and grandchildren. Mm -hmm. This could be the impetus to make changes that does improve their life. But I think that there's a long way to go because nothing. Right. Can be done with a snap of a finger. Nothing no. can be changed overnight. Um, and we also have to consider, or at least I do, you don't have <laughs> to. I often think about how they would get mad if they found out that I was including them in this, but the mystic traditions and worldviews that want to see an apocalyptic event mm. that see this as fulfilling prophecy. "Quote unquote," right. and are actively working through in action, or because they they also see a positive end goal right. in the rapture and the second coming, or, or no, that's true. what have you, and are I, I won't say that they're actively working to spread the plague, although I think some of them might be, because mm-hmm. there are certain. Um, Eschatological. If I talk, eschatological. There are certain eschatological branches that actively do try to promote through their prayer or what have you the end times.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, although most just see this as uh, a confirmation of millennialism and. Mm all that good old fashioned religion. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so I don't even know necessarily where I was going with that. It's it's just that I think that there are a lot of people who are
1: think this is supposed to happen. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. For and, for a
1: greater reason.
0: That's it, because, I, I, you know, I can see myself, well, I can see, I thought that I, oh God, I'm being incredibly <laughs> inarticulate in this it's moment. It's
1: okay. <laughs> this is a lot, I mean, I just want to say, this is a lot, you know, and this is a lot yeah, to talk about and to, like, process, so.
0: Well, you know, to your point, because I, myself, see this as having been somewhat inevitable. It didn't have to be as bad as it was. because so we dismantled a lot of checks and balances, yes. but an outbreak of a plague or a natural disaster or something of these kind of proportions was bound to happen sooner or later. Right. Um, so in that way, yeah, I did kind of see it as kind of inevitable. It didn't necessarily, but it could have been today or a hundred years from now or 200 years from now when right. something's going to happen. Yes.
1: I think I, yeah go ahead. No, go ahead. I I was just going to say I I I agree and also I think the hardest part for me anyways personally is that um this plague whatever you want to call it is choosing the most disenfranchised and marginalized communities um and they're the ones that have to suffer the most yeah. from it and that and that's what really that part breaks my heart and also I don't know what the answer is to help as one person besides just continuing to talk about it and to try to educate people on like sy- systemic racism or whatever it is. you know. Yes. Um, if, for me, I'm a doer and so to talk about stuff, even if it's trying to educate someone who's not listening, feels mm-hmm. really helpless.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, So yeah, I I mean, I I do know that you know these things happen from the beginning of humankind. I'm sure this these are cycles that continue to happen, and they're going to happen no matter how much you have prepared. But um, yes, to your point, it could have been way less worse. I I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to call it out. It we had. We had systems in place, and those systems did work even a few years ago.
0: Yes. And now they aren't (laughs) (laughs) because they're not there. Yeah, that's so true. It's gallows humor. Yeah. But there is a a gift that I will send you um, that has a bunch of the Monty Python guys, and uh, that I think you'll get a kick out of. Um, So I'll have to remember to do that. Yeah. That, that talks about that because it's like, "Ah, uh, what could we have done to, you know? Yeah,
1: if only we had done something.
0: <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it was one of those. What did Obama do to prevent this? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, other than creating the epidemic response team and that's and, now
1: yeah. dismantled. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's oh. quite, oh, quite my. um, entertaining in a gallows humor kind of way.
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh, wow, yeah. Well, I I did you know, I, I thought I'd just mention two in the short term. So um, you know, this week on Tuesday was our full moon. That was in Libra and beautiful
0: moon. But... Yeah,
1: it was gorgeous, and it was funny because, I mean, when I saw it, it was big and yellow, and a friend of mine said it was actually pink where she was which I thought was funny because it's called the pink moon, you know, for April. Um, But it was, it was beautiful. And it really now not shocking to people that know me, but it really spoke to me. Um, You know, I sat in my window and just watched it and I was, I was very emotional. Um, I don't always get that way. Sometimes I'm just, Oh, look at the moon, you know? Um, But I think it gave me time to just sit and moon watch and think about what is happening, um, which is kind of also relevant because the moon was in Libra. So Libra is our, you know, it's ruled by Venus, but also it's more the diplomatic part of Venus. And um, as we think of like the scales, you know, balance and all of that. And I right. don't know, it, it made me feel very thoughtful. So I I don't know if anybody was feeling that the other night. That's probably why. (laughs) Um,
0: Well, yeah, I I would say so. Um, I do, especially amongst my pagan or heathen or witchy friends, um, I know a lot of people did working that night because of the full moon and because it was such a a big moon. Um, I didn't work anything. I did observe – But there was certainly a a feeling of energy that surrounded it. And I'm always kind of curious because not that I – I know that the energy was present, but I often wonder how much of our own
1: Ah.
0: psychology feeds into how we then perceive it. Because I didn't see anybody, despite the fact that we are in a time of of pandemic – Mm-hmm. have treated as a portent of ill times or anything like that. Right. not saying it wasn't out there, just that I didn't see it.
1: Yeah, that, no, that's true. Um, I actually didn't either. Usually you, you have some some people saying, oh, God, it's a full moon, it's going to be chaos, you yes. know, that type of stuff. Um, I didn't really see that either.
0: I mean, if we just think back to, to February or okay. March because there was a full moon on a Friday the 13th yes. and everybody was freaking out about that. Right. And you know, what a difference like a month or so that it felt like a year makes. Uh, yeah.
1: That, that, that is so true. It does. It feels like a year. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, what's funny you say about the psychology part of it. I, I am definitely the half mystic, half skeptic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's, I don't know, for me, I think it's important because you you should always be asking questions anyways, it's how we learn. But, um, I, I you know, when I set out to do my moon work, there's definitely like a precedent. Like I had already set out to do certain things right. and, you know, use that time for certain things. Um, but sometimes I think the energy catches me off guard where I'm sitting here going, well, I'm doing this thing. And there's a reason I'm doing it, and I have this plan, but it still just hits you out of nowhere where you're like, wow, that's not just my thought process. Right. I can see that, you know? And I also yeah. feel like you can feel a collective energy a lot from mm-hmm. the rest of the world, you know?
0: Oh,
1: um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, amazing.
0: The, the residual energy thing. Uh, which I think sometimes is is how we can explain hauntings. Mm -hmm. Um, I do believe it's a very real thing. And because, uh, fuck, I've been to um, a couple of different concentration camps, and the air there is heavier, you know. Yes, I've heard that. Um, I've been to battlefields and and various other places, too, and it's the same. And sometimes you're in a place, and if – it's one thing I mean I think people can be like you know oh well that's because you know what happened there yeah oh, so wow. you're you're carrying your own energy into it and I do think that there is some truth to that um, but I also have been places that had that feeling and I didn't know why until later I found out that mm-hmm. something had happened there
1: absolutely the uh this <laughs> I'm thinking of a new guest for you, my sister. Um, <laughs> oh, really
0: cool, yeah. No, I'm...
1: yeah, she.
0: Uh... I still need to get your friend on too.
1: Oh yes, Sarah too. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and both. You know, mm-hmm. my sister, since she was three, two or three, even before she could actually talk, because she talked later. Um, she, when we were growing, you know, growing up in Georgia, she had so many quote unquote friends not imaginary friends, she could see and hear spirits. And she she talked to them, even when she didn't have language, you know. Um, and so, and to this day, she still can do that. And it's yeah. not just places that she knows about, it's places that are totally new to her. She doesn't know the background, and she goes, whoa, what was that, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, there definitely is that, part of us that of course knows the background but if you walk into a place and then you know experience something huge and then later find out oh yeah by the way that's where so-and-so was killed and blah 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 it it just puts things in perspective You're just like there's no way for me to have known that you know right so yeah um... yeah she has plenty of stories if you ever want to talk that (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I would, I would love to have... Yeah. I love ghost stories, especially uh, ones that, you know, for lack of a better term, are true. Yes. So.
1: Have you been to Shakers in Milwaukee? I have not. Oh, so it's a cigar bar, but... Oh, um, well, it
0: sounds like a place I would like to go. Anyway. I know,
1: actually, I think you'd really enjoy it. And <clears throat> it it is also... Um, an old brothel it, i mean upstairs they still have it set up with the old antique furniture it's beautiful it's a really cool place and they do haunted tours and stuff like that yeah. um but there's been some stories and not just knowing that it was but some pretty intense stories coming out of there you know and um we we've gone a couple times and it's a beautiful place it's a really neat mm-hmm. establishment it's too bad that it's probably closed right now.
0: Um, yeah, I'm sure.
1: But that I won't. I won't tell the story because I think my sister should tell it sometime. But she okay. had a very big um, experience there. Let's just say.
0: <laughs> okay. So,
1: just note.
0: <laughs> well, uh, if you would be so kind as to um, set up a, a introduction be... between the two of us, I would be more than happy to have her on.
1: Absolutely. That would be great. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, um, again, I, I do agree with you and I don't consider myself to be an overly optimistic person. I consider myself to be uh, philosophically a nihilist. Um, I, it's all going to end and it's just a matter of, of when, but that doesn't mean that I want it to, to be now or tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Um, just because I think everything is going towards the void doesn't mean that I'm in any hurry to to jump in there myself.
1: That is an excellent way to put it.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. I may be drawn towards it, but it doesn't mean I'm ready to go there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um but uh so uh, I do agree that uh hopefully that this will be the wake up call that there needs to be to to make certain systemic changes. Locally and globally. Um, hopefully, just the, the sheer fact, and some of it, it's like internet bullshit. Right. Uh, of like, oh, look, you can see this mountain for the first time in 30 years or whatever. Yes. But I do think that in the relatively short time that the world has been quiet, mm-hmm. quote unquote, you know, people out in LA reporting that they've had a week without smog. That's um, amazing. Yeah, no, totally. I mean,
1: um,
0: we have the way that we operate as humans, and I like having the fruits of the way that we operate. I like having Internet and electricity and a badass phone that's better than the first computer that I had and all this other stuff. Um, The ability to hop in a, a vehicle and travel across the country, um, all this stuff. I I am a happy beneficiary of these, but it is a wake-up call to see that the way that we are living, it does change our environment. Yes. And I am also... You're learning a lot about me because I'm super bored. I love uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also one of those people who there was a, a webcomic from several years ago where it was like, you know, Joe Human ap- apologizing to Mother Earth for doing things. It's like, a, you know, I'm sorry that I hurt you. And Mother Earth is like, oh, my, my sweet summer child, you're killing yourself. You're not killing me.
1: Yes. Yeah, I've. It's interesting you say that. I've had this conversation too a couple times. Is if anybody thinks that we're killing the Earth, well, mm-hmm. yes, in some ways we are. But yes. the fact is, we will be gone before the Earth is gone. <laughs> right. Way, way before.
0: Yeah, because um, I mean,
1: yeah, it's gonna shake us off before we can even have a chance to, you know. And that's not to say that we shouldn't be taking care of it. We absolutely should. No, shouldn't. no,
0: totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I completely agree on that. Um, it's just you know uh, even if we had an ex- extinction event like we've had in the past that uh, wiped out the dinosaurs and whatever percentage of life on the planet the planet continued and life continued alive yes. will uh, find a way right to, uh, it, do, <laughs> so it
1: does it, it finds a way yeah
0: that's... To do my, uh, Jeff Goldblum there but
1: right Jeff <laughs> Goldblum
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> so,
1: uh, for uh, people
0: of a certain age, that was a sexual awakening. That, uh, that, movie... that is true. <laughs> so,
1: oh, yeah. Wow. Um, you. Yes.
0: <laughs> not, speaking of Jeff Goldblum, um, have recently had a poem published.
1: I did. <laughs> totally not. First of all, not expected. <laughs> Went into this contest as a kind of a joke because I was bored. This is way before anything was happening. This is back yeah. in January. Um, <clears throat> so <clears throat> I'm gonna plug my favorite natural perfumery in the whole world. Please because do. The people that listen to this podcast are probably gonna be into it, or they already know about it. Uh, Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab. They've been around since uh, I think like well, it's early 2000s, um, and I've been. Collecting their perfumes for over a decade, probably since 05. But what I love about it is that they use literature and artwork and all this to inspire um, their perfume, you know, creations. So one of, I'm not even sure how this started, but someone, the owner or someone that works there, it's a small company, found, and I should back up, they live in L.A., so let me set the let me set the tone. <laughs> um, found, I think these like plushy birds in the trash, and they were like, oh, these are beautiful. Somebody, sh- we should just you know save them. And so they pulled these plushy birds out of not real birds, just like actual you know like stuffed animals. Um, pulled them out of the trash and decorated them with like rhinestones and blah blah blah, and they became like these lovebirds. They called them the lovebirds, and they actually inspired a perfume duo over the lovebirds. Well, they decided to make this contest that, you know, they just put it out to their customers and said, whatever you want to write, whatever poem you want to write about these lovebirds, and we're going to do a contest and give away perfume, whoever wins. So I was like, ah, I'll do it. I'm not really a writer, but what the heck? So um knowing that they're also a big supporter of just social justice issues and um, marginalized communities and all that stuff. I kind of wrote towards that as well, kind of. (laughs) Um, And so I'm going, I will read the poem that I came up with and seriously if anybody wants to check that website out it's blackphoenixalchemylab.com you will be there forever just looking through all the literature and artwork and not just the perfumes. so
0: (laughs) yeah send it to me and i'll put it in the show notes
1: yes perfect i will um so i guess over 70 poems were submitted and now i did not win like the grand prize or whatever. I was an honorable mention. But still, that shocked the hell out of me because, well, I'll just read it. (laughs) All right. It's called Rapture. The decrepit man gleefully asked with a rotten smile and strained voice, which one is the boy and which one is the girl? He had a twinkle in his eye. Until we pecked it out that day. Ooh. Smeared across the skies like ombre fondant, the sunset met us as we flew beyond the world. They clued joyfully next to me, and I knew I had found my twin flame. That's it.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> that one honorable mention.
0: <laughs> no, that was really good.
1: Thanks. I, You know, it was more like... I'm just going to see where this goes and let's see how I can mix like this beautiful love story into also supporting like the non-binary community. And also let's see how gross it can be and peck some guy's eye out. I don't know. That's how my book works a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's nothing at all wrong with that. Yeah.
1: So yeah. Anyways, it was it was kind of fun. It was it was definitely um, when they announced the winners. It was definitely an uplift for me because I was those were a couple days that I was really down. Um, yeah. And so when I saw that, it was funny because I saw them like do the post, and I was like, oh cool, because I had read all the poems already, and I was excited. And then I got to the bottom of the list, and I was like, wait, that's my name. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a little shock. And also just, you know, it was, like, it was good news for the day. So, anyway, so yeah, definitely cool. they go to that company. Even if you don't, aren't into perfume, it's, the website's amazing. So.
0: <laughs> so yeah. That is very, very cool. Thank, Thank you me. for sharing. Thank you. I'm trying to find... Because I don't remember it, um, and I don't think I have a copy of it on this computer. But I've had some poetry published as well, and I thought I would read. Yeah, it's, it's actually in a book somewhere, and I think I've got the book around here, but I don't know where the fuck it's at. Uh, actually, I need at my... we
1: need to have a poetry jam
0: sometime. I should yeah, I can snap. Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that would be fun. And and actually, you know, um, if you are one of the like five people who listen to them, the first two things that I did on Voices of the Void were like little intro things that I overly produced and sound kind of dumb, but I like them. <laughs> Um, But one of them was a poem that I wrote, and I'll just read that. Because I know that it's on here. Perfect. Um, Entitled Nightwalker. As I wait for my computer to open the document, (laughs) dramatically. Of course. Something is soothing about walking deserted city streets at night. The cold still air muffling every sound. It's as if the heart of some great beast has opened around you as you walk through its empty capillaries. Out here the loneliness feels cleansing, the silence cathartic. Your ghosts become subliminal companions, a soundtrack to your footfalls, not regrets that rip at you. So in the hours after midnight, I walk with only the vampires and the vanquished to keep me company. Finding peace when the world is sleeping mm. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you.
1: I love it. Um, it actually reminds me of how I feel in autumn. Mm. Like, that's probably the main reason I love autumn. Yeah. <laughs> like, evenings, you know?
0: Yeah. Yes. I wrote a companion piece to it that was about essentially the same thing, but being in the country. Um, but I have since lost it. I actually had taken it along with some other stuff that I had written, uh, to work with me and we're typing them up on the work computers. Um, when I found out that got the word that mom was in the hospital yeah. and I needed to come in, um, so I had left that, and it might still be on, on the work computers, but that's been like two years ago, yeah. and I just don't think it's there. I've never gone back to that computer to check, because they since changed our work location. Oh. So. Yeah. And I, I don't have the, the paper copies anymore.
1: Darn. I know it's funny, because I, I do a lot of my, <clears throat> I actually do a lot of poetry writing, <laughs> um, but a lot of it is just for myself and I have it in my notes app on my iPhone but just recently mm-hmm. I started writing it them all down in a journal because I was like oh my yeah. god what if I lose everything even if you're backed up you know so yeah That's...
0: see you know I used to because I used to write all the time because I also was in a band and so I wrote lyrics and most of the lyrics I wrote were just poetry honestly um, maybe not very good poetry but poetry nonetheless so I had a journal of, like, everything that I would ever written, um, yeah. but I lost that because it was in the back of a car that broke down and that I wasn't able to get to before it got towed. Oh. Um, so what I had done was I had started – I still prefer to write that kind of stuff on paper first and then transfer it to, to digital.
1: Yeah, I know. I was about to say I think I'm kind of backwards because most people are probably <laughs> – <laughs> but I think for me, like I type faster, and yeah. I don't want it. I don't want it to go away. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. But at least if there's something on paper or both, you know, that's
0: good. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in in both, which is, um, because I'm a Luddite in some ways. Yes.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about?
1: I don't know. I think you know. I think we kind of ran the gamut of what's going on, and I wanted yeah. to say about astrology, like the most important parts. So
0: yeah, no, you, you did. Um, I would encourage, and like I said, I don't know for sure when this is going to go out, but for those of you who are longtime listeners. If such a thing exists, considering how short the lifespan of this has been. (laughs) Another guest that I had, Kelly Holder, she has her own astrology podcast, and Kathy was on that last week. And even if you hear this a couple weeks from now, I would encourage you to go get that, because Kathy and Kelly go into much greater detail about the astrology and everything that's going on.
1: Yeah, Even, even through... Through April, yeah. so even yeah, like you said, even if it's um in a couple of weeks that you hear this, it's still we're still talking about all of that by then. So no. mm-hmm.
0: yeah, sure. without a doubt. So I would definitely encourage you, and I'll probably actually put a link to that in the show notes for this as well, um so that you can check that out. Thank you for coming on and just shooting yeah. the shit with me for the last hour, Kathy. That's
1: I really it. appreciate it. It um actually uplifted my day, so thank you. Well, okay,
0: <laughs> uplifted mine as well. And thank you for listening to Your Voice from the Void.